Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 3rd. We are in week five of the 2023 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, <laughs> it's like a repeat of everything. You're my good friend. You're a great fantasy writer. You're a very good fantasy player, <laughs> maybe even an excellent fantasy player. Chris Rito, how are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well. I feel like I'm having a harder and harder, and harder time living up to your uh, intros every week. Uh, I feel like I should never lose a fantasy game, but it obviously does happen to all of us. <laughs> it sure does. We we got our butt kicked in Fanex this week. Hey, nobody's perfect, people. <laughs> Everything we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, unfortunately, I wish that this show was being taped this week on Friday instead of Tuesday night because we're going to find out a lot of stuff that's going to be happening in terms of two specific players tomorrow afternoon, whether they're going to practice and whether they're going to play. But we can't really wait on it, so let's discuss. Now, the first one is going to be Jonathan Taylor, obviously, in Indianapolis. Chris, any new word or insight on what's going on with Jonathan Taylor? No, there's no new word. I mean, by all accounts, he's set to practice and practice in full uh, without limitations on Wednesday, so tomorrow. Um, My guess is that he's going to – he has a chance of being activated this week, which doesn't, I don't think, do anyone any favors. Um, I don't think you can risk starting him. We'll talk a little bit more about him and Moss later, but – he is, by all accounts, healthy, moving well. Um, they just have to make sure he's in game shape. The implication was that he was going to get into the lineup basically as, as possibly as quickly as this weekend, especially with it being a big divisional game. But kind of Shane Steichen kind of mentioned something in passing, kind of implying that it might be a couple of weeks. Uh, they want to make sure he's in game shape, have him get a lot more practices in. Not that they don't think he's healthy, but they want to make sure he's in ready condition so that he, he doesn't hurt himself or hurt the team by being in game shape with some padded practices. So I think it's real close, uh, probably closer than Cooper Cup we're going to talk about, but uh, definitely temper expectations about throwing him right back into the lineup this week. Yeah, um, I, there's been reports out there also that his, quote, situation is still unsettled. He still wants a, an extension. I think he was willing to wait on that until he had to sit down with Mr. Ursay, and Ursay basically laid down the law saying you're not getting anything until the end of the year. <laughs> that didn't go over well, of course, but 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he does practice. Uh, you know, it, it, does he just return to the team and immediately start practicing? What's what's going on here? But obviously, I think if you've got Zach Moss, then you hold on to Zach Moss. Don't trade him away. Don't don't necessarily bench him until you know we got we got to see what what's going to happen this week. But uh, I, I think the odds are, are probably against Taylor uh, just being thrown in there and starting to play immediately. They, they need to see exactly what kind of shape he's in. Um, before we get to another uh, wide receiver uh, wide receiver that's waiting on here, I wanted to talk more about uh, the key big injury of the week uh, because this has kind of elevated one specific running back into priority waiver wire systems all over the world <laughs> for fantasy football. And that's the fact that Javante Williams suffered a hip flexor now is reported not to be that serious. Uh, what's interesting is that Sean Payton, the head coach, uh, uh, kind of uh, was mum on, on William Stass uh, the day after the game on Monday saying that, hey, let's talk about Jaleel McLaughlin. And so that's what we're going to talk about here. The fact that he came into the game, uh, caught a touchdown, uh, ran for 70 yards on only seven carries, uh, produced over 100 yards of offense, uh, shared the backfield with Sanjay Perrine, but out, really outdid Perrine a lot. And the fact is that uh, in most leagues out there, Jillian McLaughlin is available. So the question here, Chris, to you is that if you're a Javante Williams owner, uh, and let's say I, I've got both Perrine and uh, Williams in one of my teams, you go all in and grab uh, McLaughlin, um, what do you think? Well, compared to anyone else on the waiver wire, he's certainly got the most potential, the most upside, and, and there's not a lot out there in most every league that, that I'm playing in at least. So I think he's definitely, as you said, the priority add. Now, is he going to be the one that takes over if Williams is out? I'm not so sure. I mean, he only got about, what was it, like a 55-45 split favoring Pirine yep. um, after he went out, something of that else. He had one big run, which kind of skewed the, the overall stat. Yes, he scored a touchdown, but if you look, he only had seven touches in the previous three games combined. So, uh, I, I mean, and he's just, frankly, he's small. He's explosive. Don't get me wrong. He's explosive, but he's small. There's a reason that the leading rusher in NCAA history was not drafted this year. He's just a little bit undersized. So he's never going to settle into a feature back role or feature back kind of touches. He's going to be a spot player. Uh, I mean, the third down back at best or a timeshare. I still think that P. Ryan is going to get more touches uh, if Williams is out. But what he has done is he's kept P. Ryan from being a bell cow back, which a lot of people thought he would be if Williams ever left the field. P. Ryan's performed in that role before. So I think all it probably has done is take him out of, of uh, RB2 consideration, uh, P. Ryan that is. But McLaughlin is still the best bet to, to get off the waiver wire, and he's definitely worth a pickup. I don't know if I'm going to put a lot of stock into him being a, a heavy use guy, uh, probably more like a bi-week flex for if Williams is out. And, again, it's only if Williams is out. He may be actually playing this week. They haven't ruled him out yet. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that at the most he's probably, uh, if he sits, he'll miss one, maybe two games. Then you take a look at the schedule, the fact that the Jets come into town to play Denver. Now the Jets uh, technically have given up quite a bit of yardage to backs. However, they've given up exactly one rushing score to a running back in Alice Pacheco this past Sunday night. Uh, and then, of course, Denver plays Kansas City, and that's another team that's played the run tough and given up exactly one rushing touchdown. So what are you getting with Jaleel McLaughlin there? Uh, you're getting a part-time player who uh, probably 
probably doesn't have a very good chance to score. And then Williams is going to come back and all. I'm just uh, in my head because I uh, own both Perrine and McLaughlin in, in a uh, high stakes league, and I'm debating whether even uh, it's worth it to put any kind of money uh, because I, I don't have much left on McLaughlin here. So it's, it's kind of an interesting situation. Well, all right, let's get to the elephant in the room called Cooper Cup. Uh, hamstring injury, of course, on IR. He's set to return to practice tomorrow. And a lot of you people want to be listening to this. Going, well, what are you talking about? It's already, it's already happened. Well, it's Tuesday night here, so we're going to we're going to take a guess here. Now, what's interesting is that there had really been nothing other than Sean McVay saying, "Hey, we expect him to come back. We hope he can play this week and all," and kind of sounding positive. What? Um, however, Diana Rossini. Uh, earlier reported on a podcast uh, just tonight uh, that uh, that Cup apparently is not even 80 to 90 percent healthy, and that's uh, that's kind of a red flag for me and it was for her too. In the fact that uh, listen, he's been out for a month now. Uh, you know, he originally hurt his uh, his hamstring at the end of July, start of August, and then waited a whole another month went by before he pulled it again or tweaked it. Then he's going to see specialists, and I'm like, wait, wait a minute, you know. Just rest it for a month, and that's what they did. And yet, uh, right now, Tuesday night, there's rumors saying that he's not even 89% healthy. So that tells me right there he's probably not even going to play this week. Is it going to be another two or three weeks? And they got 20. They opened up that practice window. They got 21 days. What's going to happen if he's not healthy after 21 days? That could be the end of the season there. So everyone, of course, with Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, Atwell like I do. Uh, you know, you got to hold hold on to those guys, and uh, you know we're waiting with bated breath to see what Co- Co- what happens with Cooper Cup. Now, Chris, what's what's your opinion in terms of let's say you own Cooper Cup? Uh, what, what, how are you feeling about all this? Uh, I'm not confident. Um, there's a lot of differences here between the John Taylor situation and the Cooper Cup situation. Number one, it's a hamstring, not an ankle. You can tape up an ankle if it's kind of close to being ready to go. A hamstring is just an accident waiting to happen if it's not fully healed. So that's number one. Big difference there. Uh, Not even to mention the fact that this is a repeat injury for Cup. Number two, the Colts really need Jonathan Taylor. He offers something they don't have. The Rams clearly don't need Cooper Cup as much. Yeah, he's great. Don't get me wrong. But Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell have been more than sufficient. They've really put up phenomenal numbers. They've provided some, some punch to that passing game. They, they're not dire in that they don't have something right now without him. And the thing that really has me worried is that there's – it wasn't Rossini. I can't recall who I saw it from, if it was uh, Coach McVeigh or some other insider. But they had mentioned that, like you had said, they believe Cup is still a few weeks away. Um, now, they opened the practice with us so we can practice. After 21 days, they have to activate him. They don't have to play him right away, but they have to activate him to keep him off of IR. So I would be very surprised – if he's active in the next few weeks, I think he's going to really push the end of that 21-day window before we see him on an NFL field in a game. Um, and, and it may be even a little bit after that. They're going to make sure. They're not going to risk that. Whereas with a guy like Jonathan Taylor, the Colts, frankly, it sounds terrible. They're willing to risk that because his contract is up at the end of the year. <laughs> Worst-case scenario, he gets hurt. It keeps him from getting uh, big money anywhere else. So I think I think that Cooper Cup is a real caution play, but you've got to keep him on your roster. He's just too good, especially in a PPR format. If you've got him, you got to sit on him. Just don't shove him in the lineup until you see him actually get through a week and a game, I think. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, it's a good, uh, good uh, di- divergent, uh, uh, you know, situations here. Totally opposite type of thing. And yeah, the Rams have a, a Cooper Cup signed for uh, at least another year, so uh, it's, it's a future investment in, in terms of that. And also, like you said, uh, Nakua has done his best Cooper Cup impression. I think he's probably done the best of it than, than even maybe even Cooper Cup could do. I'm not even sure if Cooper Cup could do what uh, what Puka Nakua has, has done here. Healthy, we'll we'll see. Remember, Cooper Cup is uh, is getting up there in age a little bit. But anyway, let's get right to the uh, shorter list of injuries. Injury report injuries here. Of course, you see the entire list on our site. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for the for the Raiders is still in concussion protocols of Monday, so we'll see if he practices this week. Kenny Pickett with that knee, it's a bone bruise, so he could play. We'll see if he's be able to practice later this week. Uh, if not, it'll be Mitch Trubisky because they do have a bye after this week's game. Although, of course, this week's game is a very big game against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Giants really miss Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, it's totally uh, up in the air if he's going to be able to play. It's see, we'll see if he tries to practice later this week. They really missed him on Monday night. Uh, over in Tampa Bay, uh, Mike Evans with that hamstring. is apparently a minor injury. They have talk about good timing. They have a bye this week, so he's going to sit down and hopefully come back and not miss any games with that injury. Uh, T. Higgins, a fractured rib. Ouch. Uh, for the Bengals, his status is certainly uncertain. We'll see. I wouldn't expect to see him maybe on the field until at least Friday, and if he can't make it Friday, he's not going to play. Uh, Zay Jones, uh, right knee, uh, I would probably expect him not to play because, uh, well, he didn't play this past week. They're still over in London. Remember, they got back-to-back London games there for the Jaguars, so unless he's feeling a lot better, he's not going to want to get on that plane and fly all the way over there. I would probably expect that he would not play. Traylon Burks with a knee injury for the Titans. They're there are all kinds of problems there with uh, with injuries at the wide receiver position. Dondra Hopkins was playing through an ankle injury. Uh, we'll see if Burks can uh, play this week. Uh, Baltimore managed to win a game without OBJ and Rashard Bateman with ankle and hamstring injuries, uh, respectively. We'll see if they can practice this week and play. And, of course, Pat Frymuth with the hamstring uh, left the game around halftime last week for the Steelers. Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play. If it's iffy there and they sit picket, why play Frymuth? Uh, anyway, in the last uh, injury here on the list is Juwan Johnson. Apparently that happened may, may have happened in pregame warm-ups. He didn't even play with a calf injury uh, for the Saints. He hasn't done much. Uh, in fact, I, I'd call Juwan Johnson pretty much cuttable right now in, in redrafter leagues. We'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the Definitive Fantasy Football Information Service. Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. 
Okay, check out our website, people, at ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff there, including our flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits, updated on a daily basis with all the news around the NFL. And, of course, we're posting free Eye in the Sky scanner reports, including those from Chris Rito on the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, we're still pumping out the premium newsletters for our, our subscribers. Uh, expanded list of picks to click and flick, the market feature. Uh, this week's uh, market included a special holler from the cheap seats from veteran uh, writer John Holler, uh, the chicken switch edition where he goes over one specific player from each team, whether you should trade for them or you should not trade for them. It's very interesting and very uh, helpful to people deciding on that. And, of course, uh, we uh, post rankings every Wednesday, and, in, and, of course, we're updating our injury report almost on a daily basis, including our flex rankings. Uh, and we update all those rankings on Saturday. And, of course, we released our first redrafter last week. Uh, that's rankings for the rest of the season. And it's just in time for our early season sale. Uh, usually it's $24.95. We knocked it down to $19.95, 50% off price. So for the price of a large pizza, you can go ahead and try us out for the rest of the season. If you like what you see, you have an opportunity to, uh, to renew uh, after uh, Thanksgiving on Black Friday through the Super Bowl at a, a big discount for next year. Uh, so please check us out, ffmastermind.com. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at ffmastermind. All right, this book's picks to click and flick. These are guys you want to consider starting or consider benching, depending on their matchup. All right, Chris, uh, give me a couple quarterbacks you'll like this week and why. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start with two rookies this week that are pushing to be every week fantasy starters, and neither one of them is the number one overall pick. So start with C.J. Stroud. I think it's about time we start to give this guy some more love as a fantasy force. He's been one of the most consistent high-end scorers, three games over 23 points already, and he's a low-end QB1 so far. Um, now, you, you look at the Falcons overall. It's, they look like they're a little bit stingy in the air, but they have allowed three of the four quarterbacks they've faced to exceed their season averages so far. And they're among the top eight in passing touchdowns allowed. So the one thing that really tips me off is I looked at historical data over the last four seasons, teams coming back from Europe have allowed almost five fantasy points per game more to quarterbacks than those quarterbacks' season average in that first week back. So I think Stroud stays hot this week, and he's a worthy start in, that, in this first bye week. And then I love Anthony Richardson. I've loved him all year. Um, his legs obviously give him a high floor and a high ceiling, and you saw how explosive – this offense can be even without a lot of weapons and without its line impact uh, in the game this last week. But as of yet, he really has not passed the ball a ton. This week he gets that questionable Titan secondary that's been particularly susceptible to the deep ball, which they're trying to unleash with Richardson a little. If JT is back in any capacity this week to act as a viable home run threat in the backfield, then the aerial game could really explode for another stealing game for him. Now, the Titans have been really strong in the run game for several years, but mobile quarterbacks have been their undoing in big ways over the last few seasons. Yeah, I tell you, I agree with that uh, about with uh, Stroud, and uh, that's an interesting fact I did not realize. Oh, it makes perfect sense coming off uh, all that travel, uh, that jet lag and such. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Jaguars since they've been over there for um, – more than a week when they come back. Yeah. Uh, they're really going to be messed up uh, in terms of jet lag. Anyway, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Believe it or not, Joe Burrow, yes, he made my click list. Uh, they're playing the Cardinals out in the desert here. I think Joe Burrow is going to throw for at least two scores in this game. So if you got him and you want to start him, go ahead and start him. Now, uh, granted, if you do have another backup that's been playing hot like like maybe Jordan Love, uh, sitting Burrow's not bad until he actually shows it. Uh, because there's a little bit of uh, issues there, and of course T. Higgins might not play in this game, but still, uh, if you want to go ahead and start him, start him. Speaking of Jordan Love, I just mentioned him, and guess what? I think the love's going to continue against the Raiders this week. Um, I think he's going to get off to a faster start this week. 
Also, good news, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson practiced today. They had a mini-bye because they played last Thursday, so they don't normally report injuries and such, but the media was on site for this, and Watson and and Jones were practicing uh, much more regularly, probably like a full practice. So they're not going to be limited in their play this week. That's good for Jordan Love. A couple of guys I'm uh, concerned about. Trevor Lawrence, uh, yeah, I sat at Lawrence for Love, and that worked out. I won my game by four, and the difference was four and a half. So I would have lost my game by a half a point if I had started Lawrence over Love. And, Love, and Lawrence this week gets the Bills. And you know what they did? They limited two of their under 20 points, so I'm sitting Lawrence this week. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the Chiefs. You know, uh, I know that Zach Wilson played an inspired game against him, but still he didn't have much of a fantasy game. Uh, well, he, he did a little bit for good for him. But I think that Kirk Cousins is going to struggle against that Chiefs this week. He'll hit his boy, uh, Justin Jefferson, but uh, don't expect a big week from Kirk Cousins this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, I won't get mad at you for saying you're going to, you're going to click uh, Joe Burrow this week because I remember something my chest for – Justin Fields last week, and you made fun of me, and it looks like that worked out pretty well. So, yes, it did. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on Burrow. I'm with you on Burrow. Me a couple. A couple of guys I don't <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like Derek Carr this week. He had a big debut with the Saints, but he struggled mightily. He's only averaged about 150 yards per game in the last three, with one total touchdown those three weeks. He's also only averaged 160 yards per game with a total of two touchdowns and six picks in his last four road games. So that's not good. The Patriots, meanwhile, have only allowed three passing touchdowns in four games, even though they faced Dak, Tua, and Hurts in those four games. So I think the prideful pass are going to be foaming at the mouth after getting spanked last week, uh, despite giving up a very few yards. So I would not want to be the sacrificial lamb heading into Foxborough, where the Pats are particularly tough on opposing quarterbacks in recent years. And then I don't like Dak Prescott. Speaking of Dak, uh, the 49ers defense is humming. There's that big battle on Sunday night football. I think it's going to be a slugfest and a ground matchup the two solid pass defenses. Dak, frankly, has been underperforming for fantasy anyway. He's quarterback number 26 right now, 16 points per game with three of four games under 18 points. I think with Cook still gimpy and a tough defense, I just can't see a reason to use Dak this week unless he's your bye week guy. He sits outside my top 20 for the week, and only eight teams, and there's only, uh, what is it, uh, 28 teams are playing this week. (laughs) Okay, how about running backs? Give me a couple of running backs you like this week and why. I like Josh Jacobs. Uh, after suffering through three weeks of underperformance, the patient Jacobs owner finally got his return on investment last week, especially in PPR. He basically had his three-week preseason, if you think about it, and then he took off finally. So I look for this trend to continue. The Packers have been getting throttled on the ground to the tune of about 155 rushing yards a game, and they've allowed the most rush attempts and the second most running back receptions. Jacobs also scored a four, has scored four touchdowns in his last four games versus the NFC, so that's always a nice trend. I think he could actually vie for RB1 overall this week, and with his upcoming schedule being really soft, this might be one of his patented supercharged month-long stretches. So definitely, I think he's a great trade uh, acquisition if you can get him right now before he goes off. And then I don't like, or excuse me, I do like Travis Etienne this week. I think a lot was made of Tank Bigsby getting a goal line plunge in week one and 28% of the carries. But since that opening game, Etienne has out-touched Tank 60-5 and out-targeted him 16-2 to uh, for the season. He's clearly dominating the backfield in a way a lot of people didn't expect. So with the Bills allowing a league-worst 6.3 yards per carry and a ton of targets to the running back, I think Etienne's share and his volume should give him a chance for a very solid PPR day this week, regardless of the game flow. 
Okay. Uh, when you mentioned Dak Prescott, I was just quickly looking at my rankings for the site this week, and uh, we're going to release them tomorrow. But right now I've got Dak number 18, so I agree with you there. <laughs> it's not a good play. A couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, Brian Robinson, Washington, uh, gone off to a really good start. Uh, not too big of games the last couple of weeks, but guess what? He gets the Bears this week. I think he's going to score at least this game, maybe even twice in this game. So you start him if you got him. Uh, I also think uh, Joe Mixon is going to rebound and have a good game along with Joe Burrow. Uh, he's going to run on the Cardinals. I think he's going to score in this game. So if you got him, you're going to start him, and you're going to get a good uh, game out of him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Miles Sanders, he's just not healthy. got that groin injury. I kind of shared the t- the, uh, the carries with uh, Chuba Hubbard, and then Chuba took over in the second uh, second half last week. And guess what? He's playing a, a very good uh, and underrated Lions run defense. Uh, so I think that there's a fantasy bench play there. That's the groin injury plus lines defense equal fantasy bench. And Tony Pollard, uh, I've got four caution plays. I'm going to talk, give a couple of them here. And one of them is uh, Pollard. The 49ers really keep him in check, and their run defense is solid. Um, Pollard didn't do much last week, and more, more importantly, he didn't get the goal carry. So I'd be careful there. Uh, it's, it's just a caution play there. You're going to start Tony Pollard, but temper your expectations. How about you, Chris? A uh, couple of uh, running backs you're not crazy about and why. Yeah, Zach Moss. I mean, he's not going to go away, even if JT's back on the field this week. But even if Taylor is only eased into the action, Moss is just not going to have his league-leading volume to boost his fantasy value. I mean, the reality is his days as a feature back, getting bell cow snaps and carry shares, are definitely over as soon as Taylor is activated. And he is at best in a timeshare starting as early as this week. That being said, it's a possibility he's still the volume hog this week if Taylor's not ready to go. But they face that rugged Titans run defense. That just does not bode well for success between the tackles. Uh, the Titans have allowed a league-best 2.9 yards per carry and only one rushing score. So I think Moss is a flex or an RB3 at best and likely only because of the bye week. Um, another guy I don't like is Damian Pierce. He's another low-explosion guy that's thrived on volume, just like Moss. And again, like Moss, he's facing one of the worst defenses for having volume-based success. The Falcons have allowed lead back to average over 20 touches through four weeks, but none of them have cracked 100 total yards, and those four only average about 10 PPR points per game. So um, Atlanta has also yet to yield a touchdown of any kind to a running back. So with Pierce himself only averaging about three yards per carry and two receptions per game and one total touchdown, I think these two stat lines are just lining up to match up for another game with Pierce likely better on your bench. Okay, how about uh, wide receiver? A couple wide receivers you'd like and why? Uh, love me some DeAndre Hopkins this week. Number one wide receivers have crushed the Colts this season. They're averaging over 24 PPR points per game. They have, Colts have, in fact, allowed four different guys to top 20 points so far and eight different receivers to get at least five grabs. So with all the attention, they're going to have to focus on, on Henry. I think Tannehill should have a lot of chances to find D-Hop. Um, he's also scored at least one touchdown in five straight games versus Indy, averaging over 24 PPR points per game in that stretch. So even if he's at 75% capacity due to his age and the changes in the offense, that's still a pretty solid wide receiver game in PPR. And no matter what you think of what he could do right now, he's still a 45% target share amongst the wide receivers in Tennessee. That's, that's pretty high. And a sneaky play that I like is Rashi Rice. I mean, quick, can you name the guy that's got the most wide receiver targets for the past happy Chiefs and who's been their top-scoring PPR wide receiver three of their four games? It's not Tony. It's not Sky Moore. It's not MBS. It's Rashi Rice. Uh, this kind of opportunity sooner or later is going to pay off, and facing a putrid Vikings pass defense this week looks like a real good time to do so. I think he's a super stack in DFS with Mahomes at a very cheap price and maybe even a waiver wire guy that can help some guys that are brutalized by the bye weeks and injuries. 
Yeah, I tell you, it's interesting. Sky Moore is very interesting. Everyone is enthralled with the fact that he's a chief and he's catches passing from Mahomes. But once again, uh, what, two targets last week, no catches? Well, what's also interesting is that somebody dropped him in my Dynasty League on the, in the FFPC $250 the Dynasty League, and uh, there was kind of a fitty frenzy, although we weren't uh, weren't involved in that. Uh, he went for over $300. You're going to be after waiting a while there on Sky Moore. A couple of wide receivers logged this week, D.J. Moore. Uh, you know, the Bears got back on track. The Commanders also struggle on the back end. I think D.J. Moore is going to score in this game. Fields has kind of found himself a little bit there, so I think that's a good play. Also, Romeo Dubs, uh Right now, he's the number one wide receiver for the Packers. They're playing the Raiders. Uh, I think he's going to score on them, have another good game, and catch somewhere between six and nine passes in this game, so start him if you own him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about are Drake London. Down, up, down, up. Well, that means it's down a time uh, against the Texans, and the Texans seriously have a good defense, especially the secondary. Uh, I'm serious about this. Uh, Desmond Ritter is not the play uh, this week uh, against that kind of defense, especially if Atlanta does fall behind. Drake London is could be toast in this game. And my second caution play I'm going to talk about this week is Calvin Ridley. He scored the early touchdown last week against Atlanta and London, and it was blanked basically the second half there because the uh, Falcons really took Ridley away. And you can bet that Bills have been taking notes, and they've got the players in the secondary to guard Ridley. I think it's going to be a tough day for Ridley. Uh, obviously, you're going to start him. You're going to kind of cross your fingers and hope he scores again, but it's a caution play for me. What do you think about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, Chris? Yeah, two guys that had great weeks one and two, but I think should go back to your fantasy bench. I'll start with Jordan Addison. Uh, Legereus Sneed has shut down wide receiver twos all season and shut down guys on the right side of the offense. He's allowed very little production. He's even shut out a couple of receivers already, a couple of wide receiver twos for their team. And this is primarily where Addison's lined up, on that right side. So even though I believe Cousins is going to have high volume, I don't see a lot of it heading to Addison this week. Uh, he had a big goose egg last week when he finally saw a decent cornerback for the first time in Carolina. Uh, this kid has a great future, but I don't think he has a great present this Sunday. Um, and then uh, similarly, Josh Reynolds. He got some extended playing time early in the season, but I think he's the guy most likely to lose some of his snaps and targets if Jamison Williams is back on the field this week. We didn't really talk about him earlier. He was also good, likely going to be activated. Uh, Reynolds only has three catches and 9.9 points in those last two games combined. He's definitely cooled off from his heart, hot start. He's disappeared so far. I mentioned Addison got skunked last week as a wide receiver, too, for his team. This is the same secondary that Reynolds faces this week, so there's even more reason not to like him, even in a bye week scenario. Yep. How about tight end? A couple of guys you like this week, and why? Uh, in that same game, I love Hayden Hurst for Carolina. He's forgotten by a lot of people after a couple of down weeks, but this is because the Panthers are playing the two teams which allow the most to the wide receiver and therefore very little to the tight end in fantasy. This week against the Lions, he again faces the team which cannot stop the tight end and who's allowed the most receptions and yards so far, an average of over 17 points per game in the position, even though they've only given up one touchdown to the tight end so far. So that's a lot of catches and yards. The Lions allowed eight catches and 11 targets per game to the tight end, and Hurst gets 80% of all the tight end stats and targets. So I think he's in line for a very solid PPR game. And then a sneakier play is Tyler Conklin. He's been surprisingly dominant in the snap count and target share amongst the many Jets tight ends, and he's been a steady mid-range PPR performer for about three weeks logging six targets in every game, which, by the way, is the same as Mark Andrews over that time. Um, he has managed to be on the fringe of startable despite not scoring a touchdown. He did have an end zone target on Sunday night, and uh, another tight end caught one instead. Conklin gets a juicy matchup this week with the Broncos back seven that just got brutalized by a very pedestrian Cole Komet. They've allowed three touchdowns already despite 
not playing a who's who's list of tight ends. They play more of a who's that list of tight ends so far. Um, so I watch for the veteran Conklin to score this week and to be a very solid bye week filler at tight end or a cheap DFS option. All right. A couple of tight ends I like this week. Tyler Higby for the Rams. Yeah, he got the extension, had a good game last week. Well, the Eagles, that's the one area where they struggle, guarding the tight end. I think Higby's going to catch uh, plenty of passes this week. So if you start, if you need them, start them. Borderline the tight end one there. And uh, I'm going to stick with this guy, even though I did my picks to click and flick before Monday night, Darren Waller. MIA on Monday night. I don't know what the heck was going on there. One target until the second last series of the game. But I'm telling you, they're playing the Dolphins this week. Then hardly any defense with that team. Also, if Saquon Barkley can come back, hopefully he does. That's going to take the pressure off too. I think they're going to the Johns are going to make a concerted effort to get uh, get it to their number one guy in the passing game, Darren Waller. So if you got him, stick with him. I know give more and more week this week. I think he'll reward you. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. I uh, already mentioned this guy, Juwan Johnson, a calf injury. Uh, Patriots defense uh, equal fantasy bench. Yeah, until Juwan does something, sit him on your bench. And George Kittle, uh, wow, uh, so talented, so 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 talented. Sometimes I use him just to block, and he's so good at that too. And that's probably what he's going to be doing on the Cowboys' ends this week. Uh, and and oh, by the way, the Cowboys have allowed zero tight end scores in 2023. So I know you're probably going to start Mr. Kittle and hope for a cheap score somewhere and whatnot. But I wouldn't expect a big game there. How about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why? Uh, Pat Fryermuth is the first one that comes to mind. His productivity has been way too inconsistent. He's got a lot of red flags waiting for him this week. We mentioned his hamstring injury. I think it's going to limit him. A lot of reports say he might he's probably going to miss at least a few weeks, not just this week and next week's bye week, uh, especially with that bye week next week. I think he's on the more doubtful side of doubtful this week. Similarly, he very, very well could be without Kenny Pickett if he does play. So I think that further diminishes the whole Steelers passing game. And even if everyone is a full goal, the Ravens have only allowed 16 catches and under 100 total yards with no scores to the tight end through four games. Uh, they've also held Fryermuth to an average of only three catches per game in four career matchups. So even if he's healthy, I think he's the bench Muth this week. And then I mentioned him earlier, Cole Komet. Um, let, let this be the first uh, of many times I remind everyone this year not to chase last week's points. Komet had a monster day. Fields was out of his mind, a terrible Broncos defense, and some busted coverages. So don't overinterpret it, number one. And you can't get those points by playing him this week. He has played some decently generous tight end defense in the week one through three, and he did next to nothing. And this week he faces the commander's defense that has only allowed five tight end receptions in the last three games combined. And that's including playing against Goddard and Kincaid and Cox, who are far more talented than Komet. Washington's allowed the fewest receptions and yards of the tight end and yet to allow a touchdown. Don't chase last week's points. One game is not a trend. Okay, how about uh, your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Hit me with them. Uh, I love two veterans that are mostly unowned right now. One is Will Lutz. He's been a consistent scorer, a fringe number one kicker. This week he gets the Jets, who have allowed by far the most field goal attempts this year. Plus he's got altitude if you get distance. And then speaking of distance, I like Matt Frader this week. He's averaged 15 points per game in his last four home games and 12 points per game in his last eight games overall. I'll take a home team versus a struggling Bengals squad that's to the kicker. And the two defenses I like, love the Lions this week going into Carolina. They're surprisingly under-rostered. They get a flailing Carolina offense that has been very generous to far lesser fantasy defenses. And then I like Houston at Atlanta. Houston's been a top-12 fantasy defense, and the Falcons are definitely likely to struggle even more than usual after coming back from England. It's a matter of time, I think, before Desmond Ritter gets a hook. I believe they have Taylor Heineke as their backup, do they not? 
Yep. Okay, uh, I like those two defenses, too. In fact, uh, in a couple of leagues, I've got San Francisco and Dallas, and I'm actually thinking about picking up one of those two and starting them because those two teams play each other. And, uh, frankly, uh, San Francisco's not done much the last three games, but, you know, they're a very good defense, but they're just not making the plays. But eh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that big Dallas-San Francisco game. Well, uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, Thank you uh, for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nesrick. See you all next week when we offer our Week 6 preview Good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!